0: Hello and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, the President and CEO of the Chamber. Each week we'll highlight what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs and develop our workforce. We'll also check in with our community partners to share inspiring stories and important information from across our community. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union. A modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information.
1: Hi, I'm Nikita Green. I'm the Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion at the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. And I'm talking today to CC Lambert of C2 Contractors LLC and Kim Sowell with the City of Greensboro. CC is the founder and the CEO of C2 Contractors. So thank you for joining us, CC. And can you tell us about what you do at C2 Contractors and when you were, when you founded the company?
2: Nikita, uh, great to be with you uh, again. CC Lambert, C2 Contractors. We founded a company in 19. 19- 95 uh, where we started out as an it firm so we designed and installed local area networks which would be cat 5 cat6 fiber optics anything to do with infrastructure cabling the connectivity um, in 2003 we decided that construction being believe it or not we we're in the construction world so when you build out a building we were a subcontractor to many of the uh, electrical firms, so we would provide the Cat Five or the cabling that would allow you to plug in once everything was up and running to get you to the internet. So we embarked upon the uh, idea of uh, going after our GC license. So we became an unlimited license general contractor in 2003. And um, keep in mind, we studied the market for a while. And many people don't know I've been taking drafting since the fifth grade, so I had a love for construction and constructability and those kind of things. But As of 2003, we became an unlimited license general contractor. So we provide um, naturally the whole gambit design, build, construction management, program management. Naturally, we can come out of the ground and build and expand for you. But our niche market was actually repair and renovation. So we wanted to take dark spaces already ground. It's out of the ground, but we wanted to renovate those spaces. And we spent a lot of time working with... um, the Interstate University, Gifford County Schools, and naturally the city of Greensboro.
1: Awesome. All right, thank you, Cece. And Kim Sowell is an assistant city manager with the city of Greensboro. And one of her many responsibilities is oversight of the MWBE program. So Kim, can you tell us more about um, the, why the city has an MWBE um, department and how you work with MWBEs?
0: Sure.
3: And. Um, Thanks so much, Nikita, for this opportunity um, to join you all and discuss this very, very important um, topic. And so, um, as Nikita said, my name is Kim Sowell. I'm one of the Assistant City Managers with the City of Greensboro. Um, My areas of oversight include what many refer to as the infrastructure department, so that's your planning, your engineering and inspections, um, water resources, transportation, and field operations, which includes um, solid waste. Um, And then I also oversee um, two areas that um, have always been important, but the work um, these days is critically important, the Office of Equity and Inclusion, as well as the Minority Women Business Enterprise Office. And so um, the Minority and Women Business Enterprise Office exists to make sure we increase um, access to contracting opportunities for minority business owners and women business owners. And um, as recently as in 2018, the city um, completed a disparity study, which was uh, conducted by Griffin Strong, a law firm out of Atlanta, Georgia. And um, the purpose of that disparity study is to investigate um, and determine whether or not there are inequities or disparities in um, procurement and contracting with the city of Greensboro. And um, the study did indeed find that there were inequities and disparities um, as it relates to the awarding of contracts to minority and women-owned businesses. And so um, after that study was, the findings of that study um, were revealed, the city um, agreed to implement a revised what we call MWBE program plan um, to address some of the concerns that emerged out of the study. Um, And the firm also proposed 10 recommendations for the city to consider implementing in order to increase um, participation of minority and women businesses in contracting with the city. And that is where the worlds of CC Lambert and Kim Sewell collided. Okay, <laughs> when I say collided, <laughs> I do mean collided. I <laughs> will um, just say I, you know, I knew CC before I was in this role, just because we both are Aggie alums. You know, North Carolina a State University. Aggie pride.
1: Aggie pride.
3: Aggie. <laughs> and I knew that he was a business owner, but I wasn't aware of the type of business, you know, that he had, and you know, just the services that his business provided. And but I became intimately aware of that once I um, became involved with uh, the MWBE program here at the city of Greensboro.
1: And and you're right, Kim. I, I think um, this is definitely an extremely important conversation. Um, and CC has um, led the charge in a lot of ways in advocacy for MBE, NBE. So I'm not surprised that you guys collided. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, you mentioned this, mm-hmm. um, Kim, that that the city's um, disparity study showed some mm-hmm. recommendations. One that there was there was a significant um, Underutilization utilization of minority owned mm-hmm. businesses. And there's a number of things that I know the city has set out to tackle um, to address that um, issue. And one such effort I imagine was the on-call construction management contract. Yes. Um, can you tell us a bit about how that came about and why you're encouraged that it might move the needle with MBEs?
3: Sure, sure, sure. As, as you kind of delve into the disparity study and kind of dissect the data, Um, it became really apparent that we were missing out on a lot of opportunities in the contracting category um, as it relates to awarding contracts. And so um, we felt like, and and historically much of the utilization of MWBEs in construction dealt with subcontracting opportunities. And so most of our MWBEs participate Projects as subcontractors. And so we felt like that's an area where we know we can grow. And um, I, I will give credit to our former city manager, David Parrish. It was his idea to, to look at the, mm. the possibility of creating an on-call construction manager um, role mm. and, and look to contract with someone that has had documented success in hiring MWBEs um, as subcontractors. And I thought it was brilliant. I was upset because it wasn't my idea. I was like, man, why didn't I think of that? But anyway, <laughs> he charged me with, with, you know, kind of looking at is it possible one? And then two, what would a proposal look like if we were to solicit um, for that on-call manager? And so um, we were able to put that RFQ together. It was an RFQ request for qualifications. Um, because it's more of a a service-based on-call construction manager role. And so, um, but one of the the most vital pieces of that was, you know, there's a a request for qualifications, there's a scoring component. And there are different categories that you evaluate and and score um, the proposals on. And one that was really important for us was proof of your MWBE utilization on past projects. So what I will tell you is that in, in most of our projects, our prime contractors and people that could really compete as a prime and an on-call construction manager were your non-minority firms. They were your majority firms, kind of your big people, okay? And so when we put this together, that was quite honestly what we felt like we would get, but we wanted to get a firm that showed <laughs> They were serious about um, including MWBE. Did not realize that C2 contractors had built up capacity to compete in the big boy world (laughs) or big girl world. And and so um, when we um, received all of the proposals, we received, I think it was a total of eight proposals. Um, And we had assembled a team of a cross departmental team of people to review and score the proposals. Lo and behold, C2 contractors was the the you know selected contractor and it was primarily because of their outstanding record of utilizing MWBEs on their projects. And so to me that was a, you know, that was a win-win. <laughs> um, and especially since you know I, I knew him, I, I knew what his advocacy was, I felt like this could be a game changer. Um, but I was really thinking about it in the context of the city of Greensboro. To be honest with you, we were being selfish with this. <laughs> we needed somebody that could come in, one, that we knew um, that MWBEs would be comfortable interacting and engaging with the contractor. Uh, We found that in the past, you know, there have been a lot of allegations and accusations of discrimination um, on projects. Our MWBEs have alleged that, you know, some of our prime contractors, and this certainly is not a generic statement, but on some projects, um, we were told that they felt like the primes created a hostile work environment on the site. Just to make either MWBE quit the job or, or you know, would, would prevent them from bidding on future jobs. And so when you're trying to navigate all of these challenges and conflicts, um, you certainly want someone involved in your process that MWBEs respect, that they feel comfortable working with, and that they know will be treated fairly. And so that was the purpose of selecting um, an on-call construction manager to find someone that we felt like could work across the aisle with the city staff, as well as you know, our business owners in the community. And so C2 contractors won the contract fair and square. Um, I didn't award it to him because we're fellow Aggies. It was, <laughs> it was a, a group of about five or six of us that scored it. and, and you know, that was the, um, they, they were awarded the highest number of points. And so I will tell you, it hasn't been as seamless as we wanted it to be, because this is something that was um, innovative for us. We looked across the state, and there were no other cities that had such a role um, with, with their um, construction projects. And so we, you know, we're kind of figuring it out as we go along, or as I call it, building the plane while we're flying it. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm certainly pleased at the the strides we've been able to make in the city of Greensboro and then to see what happened as a result of c two getting that role in a joint venture being formed and I will tell you just real quickly about the the uh impetus of the joint venture, so the company that um he has partnered with high caps also Submitted a proposal for the on-call construction manager <laughs> mm-hmm. um, contract, and so, of course, when they weren't selected, they reached out and wanted to debrief about you know their score and you know where they felt like they could have been stronger. And one of the areas that I discussed with them was the area of MWBE utilization, and that's that's pretty much where you lost a lot of your points. And the contractor that won the bid, that was his strongest area. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you want to look to do things that this company has done. And little did I know and did not expect for them to reach out to see to like, hey, we heard you beat us. Right. <laughs> we, need, we need to talk. We need to talk. But yeah. but I am um, we are we are proud to have been a catalyst for Absolutely. you know something as as unique and monumental as the joint venture that has occurred with um C2 and high caps.
1: It definitely is. I mean, it's incredibly innovative and I was so excited to hear about it. And CC, I definitely want to get you to weigh in on it too. Cece Contractor is already uh, one of the diverse suppliers in the city of Greensboro's pipeline. And certainly CC, your footprint is all over the city um, in projects at, you know, um, North Carolina a A&T, at Bennett College and a huge um, partnership with Cone Health. Um, So from your perspective, how has this new way of partnering with the city um, helped to address minority business
2: participation? So, um, one, Nikita, I applaud um, certainly David Parrish and Kim Sowell. And when you say the catalyst for something uh, monumental, uh, it absolutely started with the city. And so, Kim so eloquently stated some of the barriers to actually fostering relationships that are, are lasting, meaning in the contracting world, there is a price and then there's a product that's provided or service provided. But the relationship built there is the ones that actually sustain a business. So to add our own call construction manager that potentially look like the, the Is basically the demographic you're going after or you'd like to have more assistance with makes a whole lot of sense. Now, the fact that I wanted and I had to go up against the majority firms, that is something that um, it was tough to explain after the fact, because, again, Kim says we collided. And one of the collisions was once they did all they got the responses back and they saw that I'd done 90 million dollar projects and I'd done uh, 75 million projects and I've been doing it for the last 25 years. Uh, there was some question about so how have you done this and stayed under the radar? And you know and to Kim's point, we were expecting a different outcome. But now that we have this outcome, I don't think everybody understood what she demanded of me which was we expect you to do exactly what you put on paper i said i was averaging somewhere close to 80 percent minority participation so you look like the demographic we're going after your business model says you can compete with the majority firms and you won the deal i expect more from you now that's the conversation nobody really knows about so she's saying if you said you can do it You're gonna get a chance to prove it, buddy, because I am gonna watch this process. I need to grow numbers and you're gonna be the vehicle by which we do this. So the beauty of it is I'll take on a challenge like that any day. Um, But what I was able to do is to put my, uh, was it resume up against everyone else's resume, black, white, and different. And guess what? We came out the winner. Now all we have to do to perform Now I use perform, but I got two other P's. so for historical data, everyone has always looked at a hub program and what I explained to Kim is I have a hub or MWB process, I know how to get folks to the table, just like others in the other community know how to get people that look like them to the table guess what my Rolodex looks like it looks like me. So immediately I could reach out and say, look, guys, we got some opportunities coming down the pike. We're expecting the same quality, we're staying uh, below or at budget and finish on time. So we are requesting, and the city has asked me to do no less than what they've already done. They just want me to do it in a different way. So monumental, I am absolute, I was blown away, but more important, ecstatic to do what I spent the last 25 years doing Kim and David allowed us to do it in a way that says i'm going to put you out front and do what you say you can do, but here are all the legal parameters around how we have to get it done so let's let's make it happen now, what I did not know is, after beating most people, you know I've been told that they take their and lick their wounds and go off to their own and and we do some other things, but high caps, and I have to commend you know the likes of Peyton Fairbanks, who was one of the owners, and also Daniel Hood. After debriefing with Kim, um, they called me and said, look, we just had a a conversation and we understand how we lost. We'd like to talk to you. Have you considered going after Guilford County Schools? I said, well, actually, I have. And believe it or not, I'd been called by three of the other people that planned to go after the program management um, contract for the $300 million bond for Gifford County Schools. So I was very aware of it but I had not signed on with anyone. So they said, look, if you got some time, can you come see me tomorrow? So Nikita, this went from I lost to, I know who I lost to, to can I get in front of you? And I'm saying, okay, let's sit down and have a conversation. We had a series of conversations and here's where um, I commend them for understanding what I've been trying to tell people and what I was able to show the city for years is, We have a value and a skill set that absolutely matches what's on the street. But in some cases, we supersede what they could possibly do because they've not done it before. It's a niche. And that's why we came to market in this way. So when they saw, one, we beat you head to head, that might happen again. But two, could this same value proposition mean something to Guilford County Schools? And guess what? It did. But it meant something to them first because, you know, they said, so look, see, we don't know how to value our, our relationship other than the fact that you beat us and uh, we're going after this next one. So let's go at this thing 50-50. Well, you know, my eyes got big because I'm thinking, hold on, buddy, uh, 50-50. And I, I, was, I was going to negotiate for that. Nikita, you know how I get down, right? So I was going to negotiate and try to go there. But when you start there, I'm like, hey, let's go, let's go party but you know the guy I am, right? So strategically, I'm thinking 50% makes a whole lot of sense. We can go in. But then we started looking at how would we go to market? And if you really want to go to market in a different way, the state says, we got our attorneys involved, and the state says, well, um, you can either go as uh, a what is it, a majority firm, because we're 50-50, but in order to be a minority firm, and they are also a services-able firm, we could have looked at that also, but it said in order to be a minority-owned firm and be certified, the, majority, the minor, majority ownership has to go to the minority. So I had to ask, Nikita, you know, Kim, I had to ask. Right. You know, is that 1% going to change the game for us? And they looked at me and was like, oh, that's no big deal. Dude, let's party then. You feel me? Let's go get this. So we went 51. They put the deal together. And we went to the state. And the state was so ecstatic, they qualified us. I think they sent the notes back in like seven, it might have been seven days. Our attorney was big on it.
3: So we that, and that doesn't happen, just so you know, They'll yeah, probably flipped that around that quickly, all right. You know,
2: you know, the deal, you know what I mean, you know. So if you're excited, I'm excited, and now that I'm excited, let's tell the world, you feel me, let's just go get this thing.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, sure, no, we we go and go after it. now. I don't know if you want me to go that far, but we did win, you know, a 300 million dollar bond. We were up against CBRE, uh, Harry, You name, uh, all the big boys were in town. And the same people that called me and wanted me to partner with them, Nikita, and you can appreciate this. And I told them no, because they weren't willing to talk like I was talking to high caps, but you're going to see me again. So I didn't say no when I'm going away. I said, no, you know, and can I give it to you? The God I serve says, I, I don't have to be secondary to anybody. So this is what I do. So sure enough, we go out there and win the doggone thing.
3: Woo! I love it.
2: Baby. That's a game changer. You feel me? <laughs>
3: it, it, and Nikita, I was yeah. following like the stories, because you know the the, uh, the news and media outlets were reporting on like the progress of the school bonds. And I was following it like it was a drama on <laughs> TV. Like, come on, man. What are they gonna let us know? <laughs> so I was absolutely ecstatic when I found out. <laughs> I can't
2: see too. Hey, and Kim, please understand, I appreciate your support. Now, Nikita, you know what's so unique about that? Remember, we can't get this thing to move right for the city. Mm-hmm. But she's saying, see, I had no idea it had this kind of impact on what was going to happen for you moving forward. So regardless of barriers we're running into here, I'm rooting for you in here. That's big, Kim. She and uh, Parrish celebrated everything that was going through it and I can't leave you out Nikita because you know you and I talk daily about what this is going to be what I need to do so I got to thank the chamber and the NBA program and your leadership because you spend a lot of times in the trenches people don't know about guiding me through this process so I do appreciate you too.
1: <laughs> well thank you I must say this is like a, um, a crazy unintended Um, but amazing consequence to what started as an (laughs) on-call construction management. (laughs) Like we're trying to address the need with the city and the ripple effect of that has been uh, um,
3: unbelievable. It really has. Absolutely. And what what also excites me is, um, you know, Cece and I have had this conversation I had with David, like it's not about the city getting credit for it. It's really about we are seeing outcomes that help our city council achieve the goals they have set to, you know, increase the the, um, quality of life for residents in our community, to increase the income levels of people in our community, to, you know, to to reduce the poverty rate of our community. And so, because HICAP C2 has won this project and because we know they're going to be hiring people from some of our impoverished communities and job people are going to get jobs from our impoverished community because of this. Like to me, that we we don't need the credit, but I'm taking the weed. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what do you, I mean? Yeah, you came out of the blocks strong, right? So, <laughs> um, what else do you hope to see? I know that you're still building the plane while you're flying it, um, but what else do you hope to see with this um, with this unique approach? Yes.
2: So, oh, I'll, so I'll Kim, go me, I got to give you the numbers so that you can, and we've talked about this. So Nikita, we closed the deal and we've just finished uh, hiring all the AE firms. So we hired a total of eight different Were were eight different architectural firms of which provided 40% minority participation in their not so, if it's a majority firm, or we hired two, I think, all minority firms, but of the others, we averaged 40% minority participation in all the AE firms. That's never happened before. It's 40% plus. I want to give you the other numbers because it'll blow you away. But then at the CM at risk level, so we're taking this $300 million bond for every school, the school board has said, um, we wanted you to go after 30%. We got 40% of the AE for architects. But on the CM at risk side, 45.5%. So the people that that will be building these schools will look like the community that we serve. We do make up, and Kim, correct me, 47% of the
3: population.
2: After 47, 48. Mm-hmm. So do you see, but now I had an architectural firm send me a, a, a letter, an email just the other day and he says, I've never had this level of minority participation in my life. Now, I don't know how to take that, but I do know you at the table because you were able to prove this to me. So Kim, you can take it from there, but I'm telling you, we are changing the game and we've already shown, you give us access to or control of 300 million And we make sure that it's distributed in our community the way the community is divided. That's what we like to pass on. Yes.
3: So Nikita, where do we go from here? So I will tell you once I just like sports fanatics, once they find a winning team, they want to stick with that team, right? Right. (laughs) So I'm already thinking about expanded opportunities. Um, where we can partner with C2, with high-cap C2. Um, and to give you an example, to go back to the disparity study, one of our worst um, areas of utilization was in the goods category. So it was so bad, like we had to go out three decimal points to put something on the report. It was 0.003% <laughs> percent M W B utilization in goods. And um, part of it is because they're, you know, MWBEs are underrepresented in some areas of good category, like fire trucks. We don't have MWBEs that we can purchase fire trucks from. Mm-hmm. You know, your big ticket items, you know, tires, a, a lot of the automotive equipment, we we don't see representation. But we were strategic in looking for areas where we felt like if we found some representation, this would be a good way for us to increase participation. So what CeCe hasn't told you is he has also availed himself to um, staff and told them, you know, if you have any questions about construction projects, if it's something you don't understand, feel free to reach out and call me. So he has been on meetings with our MWBE staff, talking through projects that have been submitted that are going to go to what we call our goal setting committee, to help them think through and vet, like how should we break down the scopes of work? Can we break it down even further than it's been? And that's, that's no charge. He's not even charging us for that, but he's availed himself to do that. But during those conversations, we, had, we talked about the need for us um, to identify MWBEs in certain categories. I started talking about the, um, of the lack of firms that can provide plumbing. Now, when I say plumbing, I'm not talking about like residential and toilet and pipes in your home. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about these uh, 10 inch, 12 inch.
2: Ductile iron pipe.
3: Ductile iron pipe. Um, Reached out to a supplier that's in our city that, you know, normally would be able to supply that. And, and the response to me was, Kim, I would love to do it, but I can't get my foot in the door. And I said, what do you mean you can't get your foot in the door? Like, we, I'm telling you, we we use ductile iron pipe on a lot of our projects. If you can just become a supplier, he said, I would love to. I've tried to. You have to know somebody to get on the list to become a supplier. And I don't have those connections. What? So now I'm upset, Nikita, because to me, We are intentionally excluding segments of our business community, i.e. minority and women businesses, mm-hmm. so that they cannot access, you know, these supplies and become part of the supplier pipeline. Okay. So during a conversation, we're talking about this with Cece, and he goes, wait a minute, hold up. Dr. Pipe. Let me, let me make some phone calls and I'll get back to you. Okay, well, Cece, they already said that, you know, it's hard to get into the. So you already know, Cece Lambert, (laughs) if it's a way for it to happen, he will find a way for it to happen. Amen. Long story short, High Caps C2 is now a supplier for Dr. Iron Pike. And so whenever we have projects, and, and what a lot of people don't understand is, this is a huge component of the, the project cost, right. the, these pipes. And, and and so the fact now that we have an M, high cap C2, that can supply duct or iron pipes for these huge water projects, our performance in goods now, our utilization of it, is just shut up. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it was that simple, and it wasn't simple, All right? But it was really about having conversations, you know, uh, speaking with people that can help you brainstorm, problem solve, and that's what C two is for the city of Greensboro. C two is a resource that you know he he doesn't come to the table saying, "Give me this. I want this project." He comes to the table like, "Let's let's discuss." what the city can do. Let's discuss what the problems are, and ways that we can help navigate and overcome those problems. Um, And so now, you know, it's just like the magic stick to me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Every time it comes up, I'm like, hey, C2, do you all know anybody that does XYZ? Or do you have connections with you know, and it, and most of the time, it's really just about questions we have that we need answers to. But um, he has become a valuable resource for the city of Greensboro in helping us to identify um, solutions to some of the challenges we're having. And and then to add that he's now a member of our MWBE advisory committee. At least we can formally now sure. <laughs> acknowledge you yeah. as a true advocate <laughs> and partner with the city of Greensboro. Um, and Nikita, we thank you, too, because you're also you signed on to help us kind of improve our program. And so I feel like, you know, um, our program will will improve exponentially now because of people like Cece and Nikita who have agreed to help us uh, with our program. And I'm excited to see where we can go. I know we still have a lot of work to do. <laughs> Um, and a long way to go, but I'm excited about the people who have signed on to help us this journey.
1: It really is um, an amazing story. It is exciting because um, again, you're talking about um, now going from basically zero um, <laughs> to, you know expanding your participation in goods exponentially but all of this is a part of that ripple effect. Yes. Um, so it, it it is an incredible um, Thing when you think about it, how how quickly all of that um, came about, and it makes me think about the two things that stick out to me is the importance of innovation and partnership in mm-hmm. solving like wicked problems. Like that, that's those are the two things that I think have shifted this yep. dynamic. So, would you would either of you have um, advice for other municipalities who have a similar disparity? Mm-hmm. What well, what would your advice be? um to those municipalities about your uh, about what you've done or
3: or others so can i start first cc
2: yes ma'am go right ahead.
3: so i will say um to municipalities don't don't view your critics as the enemy wow reimagine your challenges as opportunities for improvement. So I will say, you know, C.C. Lambert has a loud voice. Literally and figuratively, he has a loud voice. And so, um, my first encounter with him as C.C., the president of C2, was like, whoa. (laughs) He intimidates people, Um, he's demanding, but it's all because he's passionate um, about us creating these opportunities and increasing participation of WBE. And if you think about it, it kind of puts people, you know, it causes them some, some pause and, and, and int- intimidates people. And so people will, you know, be a little cautious about engaging him. It was, it was a little startling to me but I wasn't afraid, so I'm fearless. Yes. So I don't, it doesn't matter how you come at me. Once I once I process it, okay, I know we've done a poor job. But do you mind helping us, showing us, you know, where we can improve? So, I would say you want to partner with the people that are your critics and that have the loud voice and and you know oppose the the things that you are doing because they can be absolutely. Um, valuable game changers um, as you look to improve your processes and your program.
2: Kim, um, you almost moved me to uh, tears because my passion comes from the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I were to talk to a municipality, I'd have to say big, bold leadership. That's Kim Sowell. Because every time I challenged her, she looked me in my eyes and said, I can appreciate you bringing me a problem. Can you help with the solution? Now in my world, that immediately diffuses you. You know what I'm saying? There is no adversarial role at that moment because she just engaged you right where you are and said, guess what? I need your help. Never said it didn't exist. Never confirmed that it existed. But if you big and bad enough to bring me a problem, be bad enough to be a part of the solution. That's big. That's bold. That's leadership. Because everything you said, yeah, Kim, I sucked the air out of the room. But it's tough to do it if I got somebody breathing on me saying, look, all that sucking is not going to work, baby. You're going to have to give some, some real time to this process and help us through it. So, Her leadership behind closed doors, there's a number of people can say and do things in front of the camera or grab a mic because, you know, ain't nobody there to challenge you. But in the heart of our community where it really hurts, where people really need some real answers, and you got folks like me challenging you to make those things happen, she met me right where I was and says, Guess what? I'll take all that on plus some. Never shied away from the job that she has at hand in all the other departments, but made us feel, and at least me, feel equally as important as all the other things she does. Kim is a big, bad leader. That's all it is to it. So if I'm talking to a municipality, you got to capture every moment, right? But to think that I'm there to take you out or anyone that has an issue is there to take you out is misguided. Because I'm telling you, it's from the heart. I got people that need opportunities. And Nikita, you've heard me say this over and over again. It ain't about me and what they didn't know. When I got the, the on-call construction manager, I can't perform any of the work. Right. I'm getting it to the folks in the field. When you said um, the, the, the thing with the ductile iron pipe, I went to my partner. The same ones that brought me into the deal said, high caps, look here at the hall. I need to be able to get to this person or this person, this person. They say, oh, is that who you're trying to get to? Boom, let's do this and then make a pitch, see? But do you see how the partnerships, but it started, this partnership, it progresses, but it started with the city and the bold leadership saying, guess we got a problem. Mm-hmm. But don't you don't get to walk away from it and you don't get to keep telling me you got a problem. So, yeah, Kim, I, I'm just saying, um, yeah, I I I don't. It it starts there. I, and again move to tears because this don't happen unless people are really invested in outcomes for people that either look like you or don't. But tell me you're not chasing money around, man. That's not what this is about. We got people's lives at stake. And Nikita, you know we talk about this all the time. You're brilliant in what you do and it's strategic. And sometimes you have to calm me down, like, hold up, see, let's do this a different way. And I know Kim, we built a relationship where she'll kick me under the table and say, see, hold up, slow down, boss, I got this. But just understand my heart, if we keep pushing and if we keep using intellectual capital like you smart women here to help guide outcomes for these, man, we can change the game. That's what it's really all about. I'm nothing, I'm a, I'm a best, I'm a vehicle. I ain't nobody, but you all, man. So I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get mushy on you, but that's what it's all about. You feel me? <laughs> it's, it's passion,
1: Cece. It's passion. <laughs> and it's evident to me and both of you that, um, that you're passionate about what you're doing, that you're passionate about creating change in the community. So yeah. I, I have one, um, one last question for you, Cece. Um, in, in a story, actually, about your joint venture, with high caps, you said something that um, really struck me. You said, we've changed the way that we see each other and we like everyone else to change the way they see minority owned businesses. Mm. Um, And I thought that was really significant. So I would love for you to tell our listeners, what is one thing that people should view differently about minority owned
2: businesses? So I'm gonna go back to leading with minority, guess what? I am a very good businessman.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I finished AT. I've been to Dartmouth, Carolina, Duke, mm-hmm. uh, Wake Forest. I've studied all over the country business. But if I can get the other community to see my business value versus the color of my skin, yes. we can change the game because all of us have a different viewpoint. I see business a different way. When you come from under uh, uh, um, all kinds of hate and hurdles and all this stuff, I know how to maneuver. When you're on top and you ain't never seen a hurdle and one jumps out in front of you, you're trying to figure out what to do. Well, when we get in the war room, and you can ask Peyton, my partner, we get in the war room, he's like, well, see, we got this. And, oh, bro, don't worry about this. Let's make this phone call. Let's do this. And he's like, well, where the freak did you get? It? I, I've been dodging killers for all my life. So... When we get in the table and we start talking about, look, I see him as a business partner with a level of intellectual capital and a viewpoint that I may not have. But guess what? He does the same when he interfaces me. He don't come and tell me I got a black issue. He said we got a business issue. Then we sit down and we go through that. Nikita, that's a game changer. Because now we come to the table and we do things and we see all these vantage points and it really makes us better because everybody doesn't have that type of intellectual capital at the same table. So that's why I say we see each other differently. Now, how we got here, meaning let's go back to Kim saying, I'm going to put everybody in the same hat and you're going to have to go against each other. Do you know what that really said, Nikita? Nikita? In his business model, he can do exactly what we do, and actually, he does it better. That's a game changer. That's when we start having a different conversation. Did I give it enough?
1: <laughs> you did. You did. I loved it. Um, and and I will say, when it, I guess the you mentioned game changer, changing the game throughout. And, and what I will say is that um, what you two have. Um, so brilliantly laid out is that innovation, partnership, and leadership can really change the game significantly in our community. So I thank you both so much for, um, for sharing your partnership with us. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you. I'm sure that people will enjoy this conversation as well. So thank you so much for joining us.
0: This podcast is brought to you by True Lion Federal Credit Union. A modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Make sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes delivered to your device each week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at GSO Chamber. See you next time.